0: Welcome to the Podcast Leadership Forum, conversation with leaders who serve the public good. My name is Trevor Brown, and I'm privileged to serve as Dean of the John Glenn College of Public Affairs at The Ohio State University, where we aspire to fulfill a simple phrase that Senator John Glenn used to describe what we do, inspire citizenship and develop leadership. I also have the honor of serving as the host of this conversation series. So welcome to a thoughtful and reflective conversation about leadership. I'm joined today by one of the newest members of Ohio Governor Mike DeWine's cabinet, Andy Wilson, who was appointed in December 2022 as the state's director of public safety. Director Wilson has had a distinguished law enforcement and criminal justice career, having served in prosecutor roles in Clark County, Ohio, and as a senior advisor to Governor DeWine on criminal justice policy. Before becoming a prosecutor, he served as an armor officer in the Ohio National Guard. In these roles he's championed violent crime reduction first responder wellness and law enforcement training and professional development director wilson thank you for joining me today to talk about leadership and
1: public service dean brown thank you very much for having me it it truly is an honor to be here with you today and it's an honor to to represent the the men and women of the ohio department of public safety and our mission over here of really kind of keeping everybody in Ohio safe so it, it's just great to be here to talk about what we do and talk about really leadership in the public safety space right well I'm glad I'm glad you started with mission
0: um, you know I've, I've looked up Department of Public Safety and the sort of classic law enforcement um, vein is is its mission is safety service and perfection and protection so how critical is clarity around what that mission means for the success of the organization? And as you think about the, the different people in the organization, do you think they all understand that mission in the, the same way?
1: Look, I, our mission of uh, service and, and protection is critical to everything we do. It, it is the centerpiece of who we are and what we're, we represent here at the Ohio Department of Public Safety. Uh, everything we do every day uh is guided uh by those principles and it's great if 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 we're doing something or if if one of our individuals that works for us is doing something and it doesn't fall within one of those principles then we're outside of our mission and we're we're not being efficient we're not being effective we need to make sure that we're coming back into our mission and keeping our focus on what really we're we're chartered to do here for for the people of ohio now as i as I work with not only the, the, the folks here at public safety, uh, but really law enforcement and first responders throughout the entire state, uh, it's incredibly important uh, that that not only I, but but all of the leaders in this space, uh, just constantly reaffirm that mission to the people who work there. You know, it, it's so easy uh, in any job, but but really in the, the public safety space, uh, to, I don't say get burnt out, but, but you kind of lose track of the, the purpose of what you do every day. Because, you know, at some point you put on the uniform, you go to work, you do your job, you come home. And when you get in the rut or you just get in the routine of doing that every day and focusing really what's on just right in front of you, a lot of times it's really easy to, to lose uh, focus or just lose sight of the, the overall mission. And, man, I want the men and women who work in public safety, uh, not just for the Department of Public Safety, but across the state, every day they put on their uniform. Every day they hop in their car and they head to work. They need to, to, to realize and they need to take a second and think about the fact that, look, what they do, what they do every day matters. And their job is so incredibly important to me, to you to our families, to to everybody in Ohio. Look, when 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 your kid is is has gone off the the, the road and is in the ditch, you want that you want that ambulance to get there as fast as possible. You want that trooper to get there as fast as possible. When somebody's breaking into your house, you need that sheriff's deputy to to get there as as fast as, as possible and you need them to be trained and you need to be them to be Professional, and we 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 just—it's so important for us to just constantly re, reaffirm uh, to the the men and women who work in this field uh, that that we need them and what they do is important. So, how, how do you? I mean, you—I you, can feel
0: it even just here over Zoom. Um, I feel your passion for this. How how do you how do you instill that commitment to mission clarity throughout the organization? What are some of the steps and? Strategies that you employed uh, to really
1: elevate that that mission focus. You know the, the the beauty of this job and the the beauty of this profession is that you don't necessarily have to instill it; it's there. You just have to set it free. You got to mm-hmm. set it loose. You got to you've got to set conditions or an environment or a culture where people are empowered to to do that mission. Everybody who comes into the public safety space, look, they they're not doing it for pay. They're, they're not gonna they're not gonna be rich down the road by by doing this job when they initially join this field whether it's in law enforcement or any first responder type field they're doing it because they want to serve their community they want to help keep people safe it's a higher sense of purpose that that is there in inside of them so what I found is you know a lot of times uh, again it can be through a unit's environment or culture or just societal uh, you know the, the the way society is looking at first responders to law enforcement at the time, uh, a lot of times uh, people can lose that edge, or they can lose that purpose, or they can lose that sense of service, and it just becomes about going to work and doing the job. So, so really, what we as leaders need to do is just set set it free tap into it because it's it's inside remind them that uh, what they joined up for what they're doing and point out to them how they're doing it every single day they they come to work and and it, again just it'll it'll bubble back up to the top and then you have to set a workplace environment that encourages them to um, to, to 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 serve to to see that see what they do as service and again every time they do something that's inside that that mission, every time they do something to protect their community and to, to serve another, point it out, give them their why. You know, part the, the huge part of leadership is, giving the why to your people. This is why what you do is important. And look, we, we don't just fail in, in public safety leadership. We fail, and uh, leaders fail at all the time uh, with respect to the, the people that they serve, the people they work with, constantly telling them or re, reaffirming why what they do
0: is important. So you've begun to articulate this, and I want to hear you elaborate on more, which is what is your personal approach to leadership? You, you've been in a variety of, of leadership roles, um, and not that you're at the apex of your career by any means, but you're, you're at a very high level now in, in state government, and so you've, you've been around other leaders as well. What's your, what, have, where, what are your sort of precepts, your key tenets of leadership, and, and where did they come from?
1: Well, my my philosophy on, on leadership really uh, is is people centered, and and not look the, the the people who work in the public uh, department of public say they don't work for me, they don't necessarily work with me. Although we work together on projects, I serve with them. We serve mm-hmm. together, and part of that service for for me being the director is a desire an intense desire that everybody who works here and everybody who works in this space becomes or strives to be the best version of themselves and i'm not just talking about work work is work is work is what we do it's not who we are and I'm, I'm focused on the individual, or we here are trying to set up a culture where we're focused on really making the, the individual the best version of themselves in all phases of their life. Look, we need them to be the best they can physically. We need them to be the best they can mentally and emotionally. We need them to be the best they can in their relationships with, with their families and, and friends. And what I found is if people are striving to be the best they can, in those areas and be the best version of themselves, well, then the work stuff just falls into place. They, they, then they're better coworkers, they're better employees, they're better public servants. They're the kind of people that you want to show up when you call 911. So, they're, and they're happier and they're, they're, they're healthier. So really what we're trying to do is encourage our folks here to just constantly focus on being the best version of themselves in all aspects, and I think you asked me where where I got that. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to go back probably to the the military is where it started for me, and I, I think the purest form of leadership that I I've been exposed to, or really kind of the the first time I was exposed to it, was was in the military. But it's really about mentors, you know, mentors that I've had in my life who have not only set the example of what I wanted to be like or what I one day wanted to lead like, but, but people who pushed me, who saw value in me, who saw potential in me, a lot of times when I didn't even see that potential in myself. And they pushed me to be the best version of myself. And as a result, I, I just... Constantly think that as leaders, we need to continue to, to to be mentors, to develop mentors, and to have mentors. So I think a lot of my philosophy comes through uh, mentors that I've had in my life, and then opportunities I've had to, to mentor other young uh, young leaders. So
0: those sound like just great lessons and and great approaches for any kind of work. I'm wondering. As you've been in law enforcement for a good and, and prosecution, and 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 now actually the military before that, um, that's a particular kind of line of work. Are are there specific tenets of leadership that you think are are really, um, you know, germane to that setting that maybe don't apply to others, or or is this people center approach that you're describing? That's just good leadership no matter what field we're we're working
1: in. Look, I think you would agree, and I think probably all your listeners would agree that there are certain tenets of leadership that apply no matter what you do. It doesn't matter if, um, you know, I'm, I'm a janitor, I deliver the mail, I wash cars, or I'm out on patrol with, with the police department. If you're part of an organization, um, or you can be part of a club, you know, there, there are certain tenets of leadership that apply across the board. And, you know, leadership is in an organization, it can be vertical. So it is, uh, you know, you have manager, assistant manager in law enforcement, it's, you know, chief, deputy chief, major, captain, lieutenant, it's very structured, same mm-hmm. way in the military. And uh, there there are certain parts of that leadership that we need to do everything in our power to, to develop. So um, it can be structured leadership development, courses you go to, podcasts, reading lists, um, you know, it's also, the um followership you know yeah in in the vertical leadership part of being a leader is being a good follower and being a good a, a team member so we, we need i think again we're talking about general leadership tenets we need to make sure that in all aspects of what we do we are setting up vertical leadership development but there's also um there's also horizontal or lateral leadership and we need to build cultures and I, again, I saw this in the military, uh, and I see it in law enforcement uh, a lot. We need to build build cultures where, Uh, Our our folks are empowered to lead each other laterally. So what does that mean? That means all of the road troopers or all the road deputies or road officers on a shift are empowered to hold each other accountable to the standard. They push each other to be the best version of themselves. When something goes wrong, they hold each other accountable. I'll I'll tell you a quick story. I've I've been doing a lot since I've been over here at Public Safety. I've spent a lot of time out on the the highways and, and out on the roads with troopers just you know, sitting down, trying to better understand the issues that that our road troopers and our road law enforcement are, are facing. And I, I was with a, a trooper up north uh, earlier this year and he told me a great story. He said, look, we have a great shift. We, we, we have a good sergeant, good lieutenant. Uh, but what really what makes our shift strong is if we have a problem, if there's something that's affecting morale, we go out into the garage and we have a garage talk. And that's mm-hmm. that's no sergeant, no lieutenant. It's just the troopers who are on shift. And together we talk about whatever it is that's negatively affecting the morale and we work through it. And I was like, well, first of all, what what a great, what a great testament to that vertical leadership chain to allow them to do that. Because a lot of a lot of vertical leaders who, you know, a lot of supervisors who have a scarcity mindset don't want their their people doing it, or are scared to let their people do stuff like that because they think it's a it's a it's a ding or an attack on their leadership. Um so so what a great testament to the sergeants and lieutenants of of that post. But man, what a great testament to that leadership culture amongst those those troopers. And isn't that what we want as leaders? Don't don't we want our people pushing each other holding each other to 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 standards and then holding each other accountable and working through those problems does that make our job as leaders so much easier so you know i guess i don't even know if i've I've answered your question here that that you asked those are some of the general tenets that i see and you can take that and you can apply that in any company or any organization both the vertical and and in the the horizontal or the lateral leadership Specific to the military, and uh, again, more specifically to, to law enforcement, you know, we have we have issues that uh, that you know private companies don't face, and and one of the issues that we're really looking at and we're having to lead through right now is wellness. You know, wellness uh, mm-hmm. with with our folks, burnout, um, apathy. Uh, you know, we're losing a lot of our. Qualified law law enforcement, our experienced law enforcement folks who are just leaving the profession because they're just burnt out, and we we really need to do a better job of leading to address wellness. Again, I go back to, we we have to make sure that our people are physically uh, healthy. You know, not just physically able to do the job uh, or meet the physical demands of the job, but but healthy, disease free. Like we we. I've heard a million stories in law enforcement or public safety where uh, somebody retires and six months later they're dead, you know, or yeah. they've got, you know, a terrible disease because they didn't take care of themselves. And the nature of this job is that the chronic stress of, of dealing with the terrible things that they have to deal with day to day, we know that takes a toll, uh, a, a toll on their health. So, so, we we've gotta we've gotta address the physical health of our folks and lead in that space. We have to address the the I, I say the the mental health. And when I say mental health, I'm not talking about emotional health. I'm talking we have to constantly be challenging our our people to to grow their minds. Their minds are muscle too. So look, pick up a new skill. You know, I, I, I pick up. A new language. Pick up a musical instrument. Pick up a new certification in in your in your career field. Constantly grow your mind. Read books that are important to you. You know, so so we need to push in that area as well. And then, obviously, in law enforcement, we have to lead uh, to make our folks emotionally healthy. You know, we our folks have to have healthy outlets for the stress of the job and what they're dealing with every day. And I say this all the time, And when, when I talk to, to to guys and gals who do this job, I say, look, if you've had a bad day and you come home and you don't talk to your spouse, your partner, your neighbors, your trusted uh, outlet, and, and instead you sit in your chair and you pour yourself a, a glass of scotch, look, I'm not a teetotaler. I'm, I'm not saying that you should never drink, but but man, that's going to catch up with you that 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 is that's going to get you one day not only is it is it not a healthy emotional outlet but it's going to take a toll on your relationships yep. so we have to lead there's so many challenges facing this profession right now that are unique to public service and public safety and we just need to do a better job of um teaching our leaders how to to, to navigate those challenges and then empowering our junior le- leaders look man i i'm absolutely convinced that the success or failure of any organization really rises or or falls on the backs of a first line leader. And if we are not empowering, teaching, coaching, and mentoring our first line leaders, and then empowering them to lead in healthy ways, we are going, our organization is going to fail. Your, Your post, your unit, your shift, it's not going to be as good as it should be if you're not developing a leadership climate and culture there. And that's on you as a leader to, to to do that. Let's let's I'm
0: glad you brought that up because I want to pivot now to talk a little bit about broadly about professional development and training and then ultimately work our way over to professional development and training for leadership. And and I think the way I want to start is is you've put in you pointed to a lot of the similarities between law enforcement and, and military service. Um, but now I want you to just start by drawing some distinctions, and I'll just preview the reason I want you to do this is because I, I I feel like I've read, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, that the amount of professional development and training in the military is higher than is generally the case in law enforcement, um, and and so I and you've had experience in both, and so now that's why I want to sort of draw on that. So I want to I want to get there, but I want you to just start by just describing, given your own personal experience you've laid out some of the similarities. What would you see as some primary differences between those who are in military service and those who are in law enforcement?
1: Well, I think you, you made a great point. I think the military does a better job of doing professional development and leadership. So, I mean, it starts at basic training. When, when you go into basic training as a, as a private, you are organized into a platoon and you are given leadership positions within that platoon. You know, you, you could be a squad leader. Now, again, it's not rank, but you're a private, you don't have more rank than anybody else, but you're put into a leadership position and you're taught what it means uh, to, to be accountable for the actions uh, that's the successes and failures of the nine or ten guys or gals that you're in, in charge of and you're held accountable when they don't do what they need it to do and that so that starts day one in the military the other thing the military does a great job of is at every level before you get promoted there is a, a class or a, tra- it's not a class, it's a it's a training school that you have to go to. Now, again, it's been a minute since I've, I've been in, but when I was enlisted, before you you could become, so E-4 to E-5 is, in, in the Army, is going from a specialist to a sergeant. So it's going from enlisted to a non-commissioned officer. It's really your first leadership position in, in, in the Army. Before you could be promoted from E-4 to E-5, you had to go to something in my day was called primary leadership development course. And you Mm -hmm. went there and you learned what it meant to be a squad leader and what was expected of being a squad leader and the roles and responsibilities. And then... Before you could become the next level, which which is a staff sergeant, E6, going from E5 to E6, you had to go to something called BNOC, which is the basic NCO course. And they would teach you everything that was expected of that next level of leadership. And then before you could be promoted again, you had to go to ANOC, which was advanced NCO course. At every step along the way, there was actual structured leadership training on the expectations and responsibilities of that next role that you were going to go into that's that's just the formal leadership that's not the informal leadership that you're getting every day back in your unit through sergeant's time and lead, you know lieutenant's time and you know there's all kinds of informal leadership training that's going on back at your unit so i, I think that, that is such a good model and as a matter of fact we we're, we're working on something in the patrol right now that that basically would replicate or, or emulate what they're doing there and um, that's before you you before you become a sergeant we want you to come to the academy with everybody else who's in the, the promotion pipeline and you're going to have to go through a couple week training course where we do exactly that we we talk about leadership and what's expected of you being that that next level leader so we we're, we're going to copy that i really think that there's a, a lot of opportunity for for that type of professional development why why isn't there that so it just sounds so
0: logical what you were describing and and clear clear evidence that that it's been effective in in one of the largest organizations and most successful organizations in the United States in the us military. Why hasn't this why are you having to build this now in in law enforcement? what What's the
1: difference? It's the the practical realities of the job. look the the, the bottom line is, you can't put your people in a leadership class when you don't have enough people to staff your shift. Yep. When yep. you need somebody to respond to that domestic violence call yep. and you need a body in that, tr- that that cruiser, they can't be over at a, a leadership training. So it's just the reality yep. of, of the demands of, of staffing.
0: Yeah, I've always wondered, There's. I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way. I think in, in life in the military, there is a lot of idle time where you're preparing for a really intense kinetic event, perhaps, but there's a lot of time where you're not involved in that activity. Whereas I would imagine in law enforcement, as you just said, it is day to day to day to day or night to night to night to night. There, it's not like, oh, I sit around for three months and then um, and then I go out on, on, on a patrol. No, I'm going on right. a patrol every day. So one of the important differences is just the rhythm of the work is such that there's not the space and time in law enforcement to be able to do that and then right. you said you just don't have the
1: surplus of people to be able right. to do that but but you make such a good point and, and here's the issue leadership is not something that our law enforcement sergeants and lieutenants have to do as part of their job it is the thing that they right. have to do as part of their job and and we don't I just don't think we do a good job of, of messaging it that way. Look, look, your job is to lead the men and women on your shift. And if we're promoting you without giving you the tools that you need to understand how to do that, then, then we're failing. We're, we're 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 failing as a profession, and and look, I get it. We're, it, it obviously, if we're not responding to nine one one calls um, because we don't have enough people, we're we're failing as a profession. So I get it, um, but it's so important.
0: Well, so how do you how do you square that circle then? Of knowing that you you have this, this you have a, a a commitment and a passion, and I'm I'm right there with you um, to provide more professional development, leadership training opportunities for law enforcement. But the space isn't there at the moment to be able to do that. So, as you think about how to create these these programs and these expectations, t- tell us how that will work. Like how how will that work given the current constraints on law enforcement and first think, responders
1: broadly? Right, right. And and what we're talking about here doesn't just apply to, to, to law right. enforcement. It's across the the, the public safety spectrum. Um, you know, it's it's there's there's several folds to it. Uh, first of all. It, it's got to be something that at the the unit level is important. So at the at the agency level, you have to have leaders, and and that could be the elected sheriff, that could be the city council who understand how important this is, and they they make it part of the the, the curriculum. We also have to look at what can we do to support that. So uh, again. In, in the military, they had the, like the NCO Academy where you, if I was stationed at Fort Knox, you know, I might be sent to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas for a month or for three weeks or whatever it is so I could go through my BNOC or my, my PLDC. We, we need to do a better job of setting up structured leadership development and and you you all are on it with the 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 academy that you've set up but that's it that's at such a high level i mean that's great we need that that's at such a high level we need to replicate that concept at at every at every level at, yeah. at really at every level i mean because would you offer what you offer there with the, the the public safety leadership academy is there's people who are already chiefs in there uh, a lot of the folks who are in there are Ultimately, one day going to be chiefs or going to be uh, elected sheriffs. So it's it's very high executive level uh, training. We just there's a lot of space where you could do that at the
0: lower levels. So um, um this is I, I could talk about this or listen to you talk about it all day. So forgive me for keep going down no, the rabbit holes. But but how do you with law enforcement officers? How do you get them excited about learning? Um, and and i'll I'll premise this by saying I've done some work with with folks in the military, and I've been fascinated by how there is a cultural commitment to education broadly and higher education in particular. and the the old you know sort of bromide I've heard is the army, they the generals, et cetera, they go study history. Um, mm-hmm. Air Force is, tends to be more of a sort of logistics management. They go get MBAs. Navy, it's engineers, they get engineering degrees. Um, and, and so I asked why why is it that that arm you know folks in the army get, get history degrees and you know, PhDs in, in that field? Well, it's because they want to learn the lesson of histories and not repeat them. They they want to keep soldiers safe. And one of the ways to do that is keep them out of conflict. Um, so they have a they have a, a an incentive to to learn. Um, because they're they're driven to make the the functions that they perform that, to allow their their soldiers to survive. Um, how do you inculcate that similar kind of commitment and passion to learning in law
1: enforcement? So so there's two parts that I that I want to answer. First of all, and let me come back to this because I, please don't, it's important. Don't let me escape it, but I want to hit that. Uh, so the first I, I want to talk to you about my experience with law enforcement is they are passionate for training. And right. I, I've never met a police officer who's not interested in, in doing more training of giving the opportunity. So let's set that aside and come back to that here in a second. But when I was in the Army, I, I, I really think there's a great opportunity in law enforcement to do this. Although everybody's litigation averse and nobody, you know, there's just hesitancy to do this. But when I was in the Army, there was something called the, the Center for Army Lessons Learned. And I think it was out of Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. And the way it worked is every battle every incident everything that happened they had a, a group of researchers really or historians who would come out and talk to the people who were involved and they would do a complete after action review and really they would they would they would list out all the lessons learned here's why this outcome happened the way it was good or bad you know right. I, I we a lot of the a lot of the battle studies that i got in the armor school were were battles that had had we had won, and that they were they were teaching. Here's why why you won. So I don't want to think I don't want anybody to think that it's just bad. Um, so I, I thought that was great, and you could, as an army officer, I could read all kinds of stuff, all kinds of lessons learned that that the Center for Army Lessons Learned had had posted. We don't have anything like that in the in the law enforcement, law enforcement space. space, and there yeah. are a meant I, I see stuff here at the patrol all the time. I, I'm constantly getting body cam videos or reports about stops or, or pursuits, and I'm like, man, these are such good lessons that we need to capture and, and tell uh, talk about. We need to, to talk about. I'm, I'm, I'm going tomorrow morning. I'm going to go over. We got a cadet class in right now. Um, I'm going to go over and I'm going to work out with them first and then I'm going to sit down and I'm going to talk to them. So once a month I do director's PT with them. So I go over and do physical training with them. And then we talk, we spend the last 10 minutes talking about leadership, vision, philosophy, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Tomorrow I'm specifically going to talk about something I saw here over the last couple of weeks where a trooper intervened with uh, some officers uh, who they, there was a chase and, and, Uh, the suspect had him had a knife and these officers had tased the suspect and they were amped up and the trooper just stepped in he said hey just settle down just 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 settle down he was able to recognize that uh that these guys were too amped up and again they weren't they weren't abusing this this suspect or anything but they were just amped up they were still their adrenaline was too high and he was able to calm them down and bring the situation down i mean it happened in like five seconds you know taking that five seconds Recognizing what what happened and 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 slowing them down. Look, that's a lesson learned that we should right. be repeating again and again and again in the schoolhouse. And that that happens. That doesn't just happen with troopers. It happens with agencies all over the place. And we just think of it as well. It's just part of the job. It's just what they do. And we're not doing a good job of capturing it and teaching it either in roll call trainings or you know I don't know what the format is, uh, but but I just think we need to do a better job of capturing. Uh, some of the good and bad that we're doing and and turning them into actual lessons. And we don't, we don't do that. So now let me pivot back to uh, officers and, and, and basic, how do we inspire them to want to learn? Look, again, a lot of officers, almost all the officers I've dealt with are like, give me training. I'll go to whatever training that, that, that you'll send me to. So it's just really about allowing them the opportunities to, to train and giving them something that's that's palatable. Look, a lot of the training we do in law enforcement right now is check the block. It's, it's internet-based, uh, PowerPoint on screen, uh, web learning where, let's be real, they're click, 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 click. If there's a quiz, they answer the quiz and they're checking the block. Look, we know without a doubt that the best training that that people can have is meaningful scenario based challenging it tests it it tests their decision making it creates some kind of stress inoculation we 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 know that that's the best training and yet yet all of our all of our continuing professional training uh, the majority of it is powerpoint based block checking
0: i i love that and we we're going to pull this to a close now but I I love that we're coming back to where we started. You clearly have a a general faith and belief, which is inspiring in people's innate goodness. Um, And so your leadership approach, you said at the beginning was not getting out of the way by any means, but freeing that inner desire to be public service oriented. And here again, I'm hearing you say people have an innate curiosity, a desire to learn. Um, And so how do we create those conditions for them to be able to, to, to pursue that, to learn to be better versions of themselves? So thank you for being a, a co-educator uh, uh, with us in the Glenn College, and fundamentally, thank you for our partnership in the Public Safety Leadership Academy. We're we're really proud to be your partner um, in in pursuing this mission that you've described. And and you're a you're you're an embodiment too. I think the other thing that's that's implicit in your leadership style is you walk the talk. Um, you you model it for your 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 staff members and your officers. So thank you for that. And thank you for spending 30 minutes talking with me. I'm the beneficiary as well. Hey,
1: thanks. I, I appreciate it. Listen, uh, for me, uh, everything's about energy. And I, I believe in an organization, a lot of times there's energy that's just laying dormant that if you can just tap into man, and you can release it, you'll you'll your people will be inspired. And they'll be motivated. So uh, what I found in this job and, and throughout my career is I feed off of that energy. I mean, when you release it just a little bit and, and your people are becoming energetic, then it feeds me. It challenges me. And my mind's constantly going, okay, what are we going to do next? What are we do we and, do? And then that in turn energizes my, the, the, the folks that I serve with. So is I love it. Uh, I'm passionate about it. And I'm telling you... Uh, the, the thing that really stands out to me is we have amazing people here in Ohio who are just great public servants and And it's just such an honor to to serve with them, to work with them and just to try to 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 leave a positive mark on the the pro- profession. Well, it's virtuous work, so thanks for doing it. Thank you.